After 19 episodes of Bomb Talk, this is the first and probably last one starring me, myself, and I. Welcome to an Office Hours edition of Bomb Talk, where I hold court for the first half, talking about the current state of NFTs in May of 2022. Yuga has seized the marketplace with their other side land drop, and unbeknownst to us at the time, a significant bear was prowling right beyond the bend. In the latter half of the show, I'm saved by some of my dear friends, like Farouk, Justin Taylor, Twitter, and Mech, who enlighten us with their perspectives on the NFT climate. GM, GM, GM. Yeah. Hello, everyone. Well, good afternoon. Mars, thank you for the heart. That was very kind. That's the nicest thing that you've done or said or uh, thrown my way all day, Mars. I appreciate that. Mars is sitting literally 15 feet from my chair right now, and she's a bully. And um, I'm intimidated by her. She works here at the Hundreds. She uh, works on all the really cool, fun, sexy parts of the brand. Um, But she's also known for being... Um, my boss and she orders me around. She has a lot of power over me. And so um, I'm just, you know, any ounce of love or semblance of adoration that she projects my way, I absorb and I appreciate deeply. So Mars, that's really kind. Thank you so much. Um, Here, let's invite. Okay. I'm going to do this. Uh, We're going to, have some of our team jump up here as well just to help out this is a weird one you all this is this is a bizarre one i am for the first time hosting a bomb talk without any guests and it's a little bit nerve-wracking i almost feel like i should play some music should i play some music in the background just so that i don't feel so alone up here it's it's like a very unnerving feeling for me um don't ask me why well you actually can't ask me why but i've been scrubbing through a lot of 90s drum and bass in jungle over the last few days because i was in the shop you know the hundreds we have our own store on fairfax and rosewood and um here in los angeles and I was just talking to some of the shop kids, and they were going to a jungle party that night. And I was just like, what are you guys listening to? This sounds like, I think it was Goldie or someone. I was just like, it sounds like Goldie. And they were like, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we're, we've, been, we've been listening to a lot of 90s drum and bass. And I was like, what do you know about 90s drum and bass? And so I started from the top with like Ronnie Size and Goldie and all the mainstream artists. And I started breaking down all the darker genres um tech step and all the more obscure facets of drum and bass and then it um kind of you know this nostalgia welled up and i started getting back into drum and bass again so i'm gonna play it here we go let's do it it's just gonna be here in the background a few just so i don't feel alone i'm not alone i'm here in my office within the larger office here at the hundreds I think there might be quite a few of you in the room and those of you who've 
started following me fairly recently over the last year. And especially if you discovered the hundreds and my work and our work through Adam Bomb Squad, um, you might not be very familiar with our story, and that's totally okay. Um, I don't think a day goes by where someone's like, "Hey, I don't, I don't, I feel, I feel ignorant. I don't know enough about the hundreds," or and I'm like, "No, I don't assume anyone does. We're very much a subculture, and." Although we've been around for almost two decades, I still consider our brand and the project and the art associated with this company as being underground. We're still independent bootstrapped. Um, and this started all in 2003. My buddy Ben and I, Ben, who celebrated his birthday yesterday, Ben, um, we met in law school first year. And both of us didn't really know what we were doing in law school. We were uh, kind of just hiding ourselves over, waiting it out. You know, I was a journalist, a freelance artist, a freelance designer, freelance photographer. And then 9-11 happened. And I'm dating myself here because I think most of our customer now actually was born after 9-11, which is also really weird, but true. And, uh, but there was, there was a time when 9-11 happened and I was, uh, just starting off. I was fresh out of college and all the work had dried up. And so I kind of, um, escaped, sought refuge in law school for a few years. And I had been doing a lot of social justice minded work, a lot of public interest work, a lot of human rights type work. And, um, thought that my life was headed more in that direction in terms of just uh, mobilizing, organizing, and just a lot of social cause type of social cause oriented um, work. And so law school seemed the right choice for me also because everyone at the time, and I mean, still today say, Hey, you're a relatively good writer and you're very opinionated and argumentative. So you'd probably thrive in law school. And so I met Ben in my first year, probably within the first few weeks, we bonded over sneakers. He was wearing black Jordan 4s, and I was wearing some black AF1s with um, a Louis Vuitton swoosh. They were uh, customized, and that was kind of a weird little trend at the time to uh, swap out your swooshes with some Louis Vuitton or Gucci uh, patterns. And, you know, 20 years later, here we are looking at virgil's some of virgil's latest work with louis vuitton and he brought a lot of that back and even my generation we weren't the first ones to start combining the luxury uh brands with the sneakers it actually started earlier in the in the late 70s and the 80s but anyways ben and i bonded over sneakers and over the course of the year we became friends and there was a project i wanted to do which was essentially a t-shirt brand featuring my art because i was having trouble getting my art seen and felt very discouraged by the fact that I had to go through all these gatekeepers in order to be recognized and appreciated out there. And so t-shirts seem to be the most obvious and well fun, but really the most easiest and direct way to get my art considered by an audience and that audience being people on the street. And I really looked at art as my way of not connecting just 
me in the world, but also people between each other. And I think that philosophy has sustained throughout my entire career and throughout the brand that Ben and I eventually ended up developing in the business. And although on the surface, it's a streetwear brand, you know, that's the easiest and most efficient way to explain what it is, the type of work that we're doing here. At its core and at, at its heart, what we've always intended is to open up these channels of dialogue and conversation between different folks. And in the course of that, we've been able to cultivate these very thick communities that have sustained for years. You know, many relationships have come forward because of this brand and business. People have bonded. People have met their uh, life partners because of this. Um, People have started their own brands and businesses and companies because of uh, what this community has provided. And so although the first couple iterations of the hundreds was really rooted in fashion and this material and this and the fabric of streetwear, really what it was that undergirded this entire project, it's always been about building relationships and bridging connections between people opening up conversations you know that's why i love the graphic t-shirt it's the best and most immediate conversation starter that everyone has in their closet you wear a good t-shirt out whether it has an ironic statement on it whether it has a beautiful piece of art whether it has a band that you love or that you pretend to love and you go out you're at a bar you're at school you're just hanging out um on the basketball court whatever it is and it strikes up a conversation, it says something about you, who you are, what you identify as, your values, the interests that you hold. Uh, it says it all in your T-shirt. And I've just always thought that was such a beautiful thing. And um, so when a year and a half ago, ago uh, I started walking into the NFT space and learning more and more about this technology and you know what we could achieve through the blockchain um i was just like this is like t-shirts on steroids this is like fashion to the nth degree you know because now we can not only utilize art and design to identify uh, ourselves and to project who we are and what we value is important and the opinions and the issues that are weighing on our heart, we can actually embody them because uh, through the aid of, of the metaverse and virtual reality and uh, 3D modeling and the different types of programming and design, and especially because of ownership on the blockchain, uh, we can actually become the NFTs. We can become our avatars. Um, They're very much intertwined with our personality and who we are. So, I wrote an essay about this a few weeks ago, but it's it went from us wearing T-shirts to say who we are, what we believed, and tell the communicate to the world what was important to us to actually becoming the T-shirts. And it's you know we are removing that that one extra step, and the identity of the art is becoming our identity, entwined more and more with who we are as people. And um, I think that's really important. I think. You know, there's there are many dynamics that make NFTs compelling. 
And the one that seems to right above all others that seems to gain the most mainstream attention and grab the spotlight, as you know, are the, is the flipping and the trading and the investment side of NFTs and Web3. And I get it. Right now, especially within the climate, within this culture, especially in America, but this is not just a westernized um, uh, emo- emotion. It's, this is this is global. People are very much motivated by money more than ever. Uh, people are very much uh, establishing their identity around wealth and wealth creation um, than they ever have before. And uh, I'm not here to to judge on any of that, but I am here to suggest that um, I do. You know, I, I do understand it, and I. And I can understand and sympathize with why that seems to be the only thing that people want to talk about when it comes to NFTs. But I think what we need to consider on a much deeper level is that I think NFTs have become successful and have become really sensational because of identity more than anything else. I think they, as tools, are helping us express who we are, helping us find our communities, if not build communities around us, or if not bridging communities between and amongst themselves in a way that we've never been able to do before in human history. And the last 10 to 15 years of the internet, aided by social media, purported to be about establishing human connection. But as you know, we became only more misaligned because the forums and the platforms were actually not conducive to a healthy, connective dialogue. It was really just people standing on the precipices of their own cliffs and screaming out into the canyon and not being received or met on the other side by anyone. So everyone's uh, thoughts and emotions and the things that they were saying aren't actually being considered. And even if they are, you can't tell that they are. Well, you know, I think because of that, a lot of us have felt lost. We've felt socially isolated, politically homeless. I know I, this is definitely the case for me. Um, mental health uh, has become a more critical issue than it ever has at any point in time. And I really sense like a deep loneliness because we aren't being received or heard or represented in the way that we feel aligns with how we feel and in, in within ourselves and within our souls and in, in our being. And so like, that's the really fascinating, compelling part of NFTs and web three to me. It's not just about the flipping part. I get it. We all love money. We wouldn't be here if money wasn't some part of it. I understand. Um, I love collecting art you know, that's also what motivates me in the physical world and within Web3 and the metaverse. Um, money is a part of that. But uh, and so I have to acknowledge that as well. I come from streetwear, you know, as much as I love to proselytize the message of the culture and how it's about independent artists and entrepreneurship and supporting young people's dreams or will always be a facet and, an, and a very deeply entrenched element of making money, right? Um, I'm a full-blown capitalist uh, at heart. <laughs> I'm an American. Um, I believe in building businesses and brands. And, you know, if you're not here for that, it, I'm sorry. Like, 
my speech is probably going to not be very friendly to you. You know, you're not going to get much out of, out of the, the material that I'm talking about. But um, I think we can acknowledge all those aspects of appreciating art and building culture and creating communities um, uh, as well as like the more human, sustainable, more longevity, foundational elements of, of um, all those realms. It, it just can't be solely about money. And so um, I'm here just to talk about Adam Bomb Squad and what it is that we're doing with this project and what our role is in crypto culture within the realm of Web3. You know, are we here to just be a quick flip project and for people to make money? Like by all means, I want nothing more than people to be able to make money and to make a quick turn and, you know, to be able to afford the things that they want in life, especially if you're finding a lot of uncomfortable friction in your life, you're, you feel a lot of you're, you're, you have desperation or you're, you have longing, you know, there are absences in your life. You can't provide a roof over your head. I mean, these are very real world problems. Like there's nothing more that I want than for people to be able to use NFTs and to use crypto in order to build wealth and to feel comfortable in order so that they can achieve their dreams. Like, uh, obviously, there's nothing more than we want than that. But I think we also have another role with Adam Bomb Squad and, and the NFT projects that will be forthcoming from the hundreds in that we are here, number one, to onboard as many of our community, as much of our community uh, from the hundreds, from streetwear, from street culture into the into Web3 to educate them, inform them so that they are well researched, so that they can make sound decisions, well informed decisions on how they want to move about this space. I have a real I feel a real sense of duty and responsibility to be able to do that. And um that's why we've been doing these bomb talks every week, every couple weeks. Um, it's not just to entertain the NFT audience. It is to continue to educate, to continue to normalize this type of conversation. It is to um, continue normalizing the idea of not just wealth parity and wealth equality, but wealth education, financial education. We want our community to feel financially empowered and to feel comfortable with the concept of money, to understand the dynamics of money um, so that uh, they feel um, emboldened in their decisions and that they can go about doing the work that they want to do without the concern or the worry or the anxiety about what is happening with their money. And I'm learning in real time too, you know, especially within crypto because this is all very new to me and i've spoken about this before but crypto has always alienated me because of i've always had some but it's it's been foreign if not a, you know just averse because of two reasons the, it, to me in my opinion fi uh, crypto comes from two different channels finance and tech and both of those sectors were never welcoming to me I never felt represented in those arenas. And, you know, I'll be the first to admit, I just didn't know enough about them. So I was scared of them. And so I shit all over them. 
And I said, I have nothing to do with this because I have nothing to do with those people. But what I was really saying was I feel scared and ignorant because I don't know enough about finance and I don't know enough about tech. And I feel weak. I feel like I'm the minority. I feel like um, I'm on lower ground. And so instead of taking the time to be confident enough and sufficient enough to get out there and learn it and understand it, and to empower myself, I decided to shun it altogether, which was, in hindsight, the wrong move. And so now what I'm trying to do in this space is, hey, let's take the time to try to learn, because the reality is everyone in this environment is still learning. The rules are still being written and rewritten every single day. And if we can do this together, and if we can speak it in a language that is friendly and warm to the community that I love so much that comes from art and skateboarding and music and culture and fashion, like all the things that I love. And we can wrap it and we can market it and we can package it in a tone that makes sense for us in a way that we can digest. Then I don't see any other outcome than us coming out of this thing being more financially educated and informed, having a better grasp of the dynamics of money and being very much comfortable with speaking on the subject in a way that not only empowers us to be greater in our own lives, but also to be able to uplift our fellow brothers and sisters in our communities, right? And so I'm going to make the effort. I'm going to take the step to be scared, look like an idiot. I've said a lot of stupid things over the last year and a half because you know, I was learning and I'm still willing to make all, all of those mistakes uh, in order to try to advance and to, to progress. I think it's very easy for people today to look across Web3 and, you know, dismiss it, to ridicule it. Um, there's a lot that we should criticize and there's a lot to scorn um, when people are first to call out the scamming and the Ponzi parts of it and they want to write off the, the entire space because they are only looking at what is in the negative light. Um, I think that's a very easy way out. And to me, what it signals, not always, but a lot of the time, is that people are fearful because they are, number one, feeling out, right? Feeling like they're missing out. They're feeling like they're being left behind and most importantly, above all, they're feeling kind of stupid, right? And nobody wants to feel stupid. And I, and I don't blame them for feeling that way. I think they feel stupid because the language and the way that this material has been explained and communicated to the broader public has always been situated in a way to keep certain people out, to keep certain people feeling on the outside, marginalized, confused, if not alienated, it's intentional, right? Even the distribution of the information has been asymmetrical, and it is for a reason to keep particular communities out or particular people or certain individuals. So you shouldn't feel stupid for feeling stupid because it was designed that way by um, the people who have been benefiting and profiting from this space but we're not here to make anyone feel stupid we're here to say 
hey, let's take a risk. Let's take this step and let's be brave and do this together. And at least, at, at the very least, inform ourselves at the best of our abilities on all aspects of what blockchain technology means, what Web3 can provide, and then come to better, sharper, more concise and cleaner, sounder judgments on how we want to proceed in the space. The last six months since we've launched Adam Bomb Squad, I've been doing the exact same thing for myself, you know, doing as much of my part to be within and to build and to work, but also taking moments to step aside and sit on the banks and just watch what's happening within the torrential river, right? And examining what parts of this make sense with the work that we're trying to do, work that we'd be proud of, work that makes sense with our brand that, that we believe has longevity and sustainability and that is going to be meaningful. You know, we don't want to just come into Web3 and into the NFT space and just throw everything at the screen, throw everything at you, just anything that, you know, can make anyone a quick buck. What we'd rather do is invest in long-term projects that have great purpose and really deep meaning, especially to us as humans and as artists. You know, we've been very thoughtful with how we've built the hundreds, our streetwear brand, for the last 20 years. And we set it up in a way that we said no and we declined a lot of very easy, low-hanging fruit cash grab opportunities early on. And I write about this at length in my book. I have a memoir called This Is Not a T-Shirt, but I write about how we had to have the discipline to say no to a lot of things early on and watch our competitors and our peers surge ahead because they were taking those checks to sell their brands at specific stores that we didn't feel were necessarily conducive to what we were trying to do. There were A great example is there was a very popular online retail store at the time called Karma Loop. And Karma Loop um, had a moment for a few years where every streetwear brand was selling to them because the checks were big, the exposure was broad, um, and it was direct. It was right. It was immediate gain, not only for them, but for their customers. It was an easy way for them to find the product. Now, for us at the hundreds, we didn't necessarily find compatibility between what we were building, our long-term vision for how this project was going to go, and what we saw that website doing at the time. And even the way that they were merchandising or building out their marketplace wasn't necessarily how we were considering building out our brand. And so we said no. And we said no to a lot of big checks and a lot of big opportunities. And, you know, in, I think in the short term, we would have done actually really quite well. And it was a very disciplined move for us to, to decline. Um, in the long run, uh, it was the better choice for us. And in the long run, I think it might have been not the best choice for some of those brands who chose to participate. And that website doesn't exist in that capacity anymore. Many of those brands that sold to that website also continued to make different decisions from us and veered in different directions and um, aren't here alongside us today. And so, you know, we're doing the same thing in this space with Adam Bomb Squad. There's every opportunity. I tweeted this about a month ago. I said, you know, there's thousands, hundreds, if not thousands of opportunities 
right now, not just for us, but for many people in Web3 to make very quick, very substantial amounts of money. And the hardship is deciding on which one. And to be able to say no to 99% of these opportunities that are coming because you believe in the 1% that uh, is going to be the one that is going to take you um, for the long haul that you believe in, that is going to resonate with the most meaning in your own career and your work and the project and the brand that you're building. Like that takes tremendous amount of discipline and foresight and fortitude and, and, and fortitude. Right. And so I think we're in a really amazing electric time right now, just in the economy, just even within the context of web three, where we have so much opportunity um, but much of, most of that opportunity, in my opinion, is honestly just distraction and noise. And we'd rather be conserving our energy and our efforts to fuel sharper long-term visions for long-term projects that we feel are going to get this through to the other side. No pun intended, but really just to get through to the other side of what it is that you know, we're building here. We're, we're really just here for the long run. And it's a philosophy we've carried since the beginning. When Ben and I first met and we were building the hundreds, you know, there were other projects that were starting that they were like, no, we're just trying to flip this thing. We want to sell the company in a couple of years. And we were like, oh, no, no, no. We're not going to be the ones that sell. We're going to be the ones that buy, right? Like that was our mentality. We we're like, we're going to be Nike. We're going to be bigger than Nike. We're going to be Levi's. We want to be here in 100 years. Our great-grandchildren are going to be running this company. This is a family business. Like we want generations of not just generational wealth, but we want generations of education, generations of creativity, generations of art that are all within the under the house and under the roof of the hundreds. Like we have no intention of this being just around for a couple of years or two to three years. And it's funny, the people and a lot of those founders back then that were speaking that way and still to this day when I sit down with a lot of fashion entrepreneurs that are like, oh yeah, we have this idea for this brand or this apparel company or this, you know, the last couple of years it was sweats, right? Like sweats were big because of direct to consumer um, activity and also because people are staying home more. They were like, oh, I have this idea for sweats. And I'm like, that doesn't sound like, the way that you're, you're positing that to me, it's not sounding like it's a hundred year plan. Oh no, 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 it's not because in their minds, and it's true, you know, they didn't see that there would be much runway for the actual space. So they're like, while we have this short window of time where sweats are going to be popular, we want to start a sweats brand and then we want to flip the sweats brand. And I'm not saying everyone in NFTs and Web3 and a lot of the founders are doing that, but some of them are behaving in a way to where it feels like that. You know, we they are rushing, they are you know, saying yes to a lot of unsound decisions, you know, just making like really quick, hasty moves, you know, in a frantic pace, like this is all going to disappear tomorrow. And I think that actually stems from the fact that crypto does move in these very volatile movements, right? Like very deep valleys that can stretch on for years. And then just like quick, very abbreviated highs and, you know, peaks, right? That that don't seem to last very long. And so there seems to be something actually embedded and ingrained in the way that many people are, are building found their foundations or building their projects or 
or creating art in the space even, or even just like building companies, right? Where they're almost anticipating that this isn't going to last and we have to be quick. You know, time is running out. We have to get, get it before the window closes. And because even founders, I know a lot of the flippers, especially the day trading type of flippers, already have that mentality of like, this isn't going to last, so let's short the project now, or like, let's get in and out, pump and dump. But when even the creators and the builders and many of the artists are also coming at it with that type of attitude and approach, it's not only disservicing what they could potentially do in the long run, it is also weakening and destabilizing the entire ecosystem and the movement, right? And I can't be the one to, you know, convert everyone and change everyone's mind to be like, hey, if you want it to last longer, we can all just work together to make it last longer, to make everybody more money, to be able to make more art in the meantime and stretch this out as long as we can, you know, as we want it to go, we can actually have control in that situation. Um, we're still so very early that people, most people are like, well, um, I don't trust that yet. And so um, I think that just begs a larger conversation around trust and how much distrust there is in this space. And, you know, I forgot who it was that was saying that if you listen or read a lot of the fudding that is going on within the marketplace, it's very akin to someone who has been subject to abusive relationships, if not someone who has continuous uh, partners who've continuously cheated on them over the years, to where they've become very raw, defensive, very insecure, jealous, uh, and unstable by when they are actually in a healthy relationship. I believe that Web3 and NFTs are very healthy uh, ecosystem. I believe it can be very strong and can sustain for thousands of years if we wanted to. But still, the people who are in the space have a history of being lied to, being scammed, being stolen, being abused, not just within this space, but I'm saying by Web2, by how tech treated them in Web2, by how their jobs, the companies that they worked for, treated them and used them, how they may have been treated in personal relationships, how the government abused them. You know, the people in power took advantage of them, the corporations, right? So if you look at it from a bird's eye view, why there's such a lack of trust in this space, you know, why projects get pumped and dumped and people have become very selfish in the way that they're acting instead of being wag me and it's just all about themselves instead of every project winning it's just about like one project winning and you know like hurting every other project like why is this happening right like why do people get skittish and there's so much anxiety and fear right the fear uncertainty and doubt like where is that coming from it's because just within the greater culture right and not just here in the states but i think globally you know, we've been hurt and we've really become a victim of a lot of corruption, a lot of um, immorality. I think we have been really, you know, capitalized upon, preyed upon, um, and without any type of retribution or accountability. And so, you know, 
when you look at why it is the way that we're moving about, why we're scared, why we're fearful, why we have trouble trusting each other, just think of all those dynamics and how they've come into play, right? And now we really have to fight to try to believe each other and trust each other again. And so I'm here for the fight, you know, like I'm here to try to do the work and people want to FUD all over Web3 and NFTs and call it a scam and be like, oh, people are getting rugged and their wallet's strained left and right. And I'm like, bro, like, do you know how many passwords you had to enter to get into your passwords to even listen to your Twitter spaces today? Like, just think of how many people are trying to cyber hack you at any given moment in time, all the spam that you don't even see that is being filtered out of your Gmail. People are trying to hack into your password at any given moment. Like, it's just insane. The amount of people that are trying to attack you because they feel like they're being attacked. You know, it's your money. It's your thoughts. It's your political opinions and the, 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 your, the, your political standings and, and how you perceive the world and what you believe to be right and wrong. Like all of that is being preyed upon, right? Constantly, you're always on the defense. And then we release everyone into Web3, into this NFT marketplace and say, yeah, believe each other. We're all anonymous. We're all here in the dark. The tech is still really shoddy. It's going to be at least 10 years before it actually has like real reinforced uh, scaffolding and architecture. But no, go for it. And then let's put thousands of dollars on the line at a time. Oh, and then here's another thousands of dollars in order just to pay the gas that goes to miners, if not to absolutely nowhere. Like, of course, we're going to act really in, in irrationally, illogically, we're going to have trouble trusting each other. We're going, to have a, we're going to be carrying around a lot of resentment and anxiety and fear. And um, I think that's all completely normal. And it makes all the sense in the world to me. So I was looking at this space, you know, from kind of a, I was trying to step back and look at it over the last 48 hours. And I'll be honest with the other side drop that Yuga did, um, I know some people don't know, but, you know, arguably the biggest NFT drop of the year, certainly one of the most noisiest, um, also did not launch in a way that was very healthy for the overall ecosystem. Uh, it taxed a lot of gas and a lot of people lost money in transactions that Yugo will be paying back. But um, also what it did was uh, it affected many other projects in the ecosystem, including ours, because people needed immediate liquidity. They needed money to pay for the gas because they didn't realize how much gas it was going to cost to get their land. And so then they were you know, accepting offers on their NFTs that they wouldn't necessarily just to, to cover those costs. And um, a lot of that was really discouraging for me. I got to be honest, man, like really disappointing you know, disheartening to see just, you know, why like one project had so much impact and had so much effect on everyone else. Not just, I'm not just talking in terms of money, but I'm talking in terms of the conversation being only about that for the last week. Um, I'm talking in terms of just the anxiety and um, the stress that was consuming almost everyone in the space. I mean, I, would, I realized just how early we were, you know, me in my chat with a bunch of other NFT founder friends from some of the collections that you really love. We're just talking about this of like, 
damn, we are so early that, you know, one project can do this or, you know, one mistake, one very critical mistake can bring everyone to their knees on a Saturday night. You know, like that's a lot of power and it shouldn't be this way, especially when we're here for decentralization, it wants, especially when we're here for better equality and for better, better shared resources. Like it shouldn't be that just one mistake by one project um, can create this much uh, hysteria out in the marketplace. And so, um, you know, I, I tweeted about it. I said, look, everyone's disappointed now and all the people who are complaining about it are going to stop within the next 18 hours because their art is going to reveal and then they're going to make their money and then life will go on. And it did. And um, I'm not here to complain any further, but I think we should always um, keep some, you know, uh, accountability right across the entire marketplace. I think we need to remember, I think we need to continue to progress and be better, you know, and, um, you know, I think it, in order for this space to really continue and in order for it to hold uh, importance and weight and to have integrity, especially to a mainstream non-Web3, non-NFT audience who's looking in, you know, we need to make decisions that are for the betterment of as many of us as possible, right? And so that's not just on founders and creators. That's on collectors as well. That's on the entire ecosystem, you know. That's what I would hope. Um, I'm going to take a breath. I would feel like I'm going to... You know what, Farouk? You are asking to come up. I'm going to bring you up. Can I do that? How do I do... Okay, here we go. I'm going to add Farouk up here. GM. Bro. GM. I... Listen. I commend you. I must have hosted a thousand clubhouse rooms and Twitter spaces. I've never been able to spit like that for 30 minutes straight without even taking uh, a sip of water. So, and it all made sense. <laughs> Thanks, bro. Um, I actually, no one really ever wants to hear me speak in my personal life because they're tired of hearing me. Like you should see Ben sit in front of me. He's like tunes me out. I'm white noise. My wife and my children are so exhausted from hearing me every day that, you know, and Froke, you know, you and I are in a couple chats and like, I'll just like unwind and everyone's just like, all right, Bobby, here, here you go again. Keith, Keith Grossman from time was like, dude, you're so emo. And I'm like, I know, but this is just me. I'm Korean. If you ever want to understand a Korean Wikipedia Han, H-A-N, the cultural context of Han, it explains everything about me. So I'm like, hey, if you ever want to give me the microphone, you got to watch out because it's all just about to unspool. And I'm sorry. I, that's why I had never hosted a bomb talk where it was just me. You know, the reason a big part of why I have guests on stage is so that it's not just me babbling, babble hundreds for an hour straight. But anyways, Rogue, what did you think about the weekend? I mean, you know, we covered it uh, briefly, uh, I mean, sorry, for two hours this morning on our morning show, but just TLDR, like, you know, it's um, it was a lot. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, you know, like you said, people are probably going to move forward and move on from it and just keep going on about their lives and keep building. I just don't want this to, like, uh, be a reflection necessarily of what the whole space is about. You know, there was still, like, some value creation, a lot of value creation with it necessarily. 
and uh, you know we've seen you know the other projects finally you know start uh, starting to recover from from last week's lows and you know and and life to start you know uh, starting all over again, which felt good. Last week felt like this like long drag, like this lull of like there's only one thing we can talk about and one thing we can say and one thing we can wait on. And this week feels like refreshing where it's like, oh, well, we can finally start talking about something else and move forward as one group, right? So I think, you know, we always, we we all have, we all have expressed this and that about what happened, but I think that as a whole and as a group, we have the capacity to like move forward and be better and just, you know, just, just keep going. That's one thing that I really seem to love. I mean, there was a part of me, as soon as, everyone's land started to reveal and everyone was excited again. And they were like, Hey, look at the art and Oh my God, I got a coda. And there I'm, I'll be honest. There was a part of me that was just like, fuck, that's, this is exactly what I said was going to happen. Everyone just forgot about what happened yesterday. And then the other side of God, I keep saying, <laughs> I keep using the pun. The other side, the other side of me was it's like, a great name. Eh? When it is actually Sunday? really good. It's also a great red hot chili pepper song. But it is a great name. But I was like, it's also amazing and pretty beautiful how everyone can just move forward. You know, it's not like anyone forgets, but people are just like, hey, we have to keep moving forward, sometimes at the sake of really great, you know, uh, rehabilitation or, you know, great construction or, or, you know, fixing or remedying a mistake. Like sometimes we miss that part. But what we are in this space are, you know, we're true pioneers. Like we keep trudging ahead into the darkness. Like I have no idea what is going to happen tomorrow. Like Azuki is doing something this week. Like who knows what's going to happen? We're building uh, more projects right now within the hundreds NFT collections. And I'm like, I don't know what's going to happen. Like what is on the other side of that? And so like, but the fact that we keep doing that, which is, it doesn't make any sense. We're all the crazy person in the horror movie that there's a killer upstairs and we run up the stairs and everyone's like, dude, no, go the other way. Like a normal sane person would run out the front door and we're like, no, but we want to know because we like, we want to help build this thing. Like that's a really, really beautiful part of Web3 in my opinion. You know what we do is we run upstairs. We go to the crazy person and then we red pill the crazy person and he becomes with us, come becomes one of us and we move with him. Like, this is what I feel like it is. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. I feel like we, we just have this ability to like keep going forward and just taking on more people with us and just becoming bigger. I think that, you know, it's like, we're all just experimenting. Like this is one mm -hmm. big, like one big social experiment, right? But it's like, it's like this one big experiment where we're like all like in a way, all the market participants, the founders, the the lurkers, literally everybody in here, we're all part of this one big experiment and this one big, this new shift that's happening here, this digital renaissance, and we're all just trying to build it brick by brick. There's going to be mistakes that are going to be made, but I think that the, the lessons are going to be bigger and we're going to be able to just become better out of it. But hey, I'm an optimistic, so that's usually how I tend to think. You really are an optimist, which is why it throws me way off when you're having a bad day. And especially when people are being mean to you, I'm just like, dude, like, I feel like it's like trying to block out the sun. You know, I'm like, there's, you can't like Farouk is just going to always be there being radiating five zillion degrees 
of energy back at you. It's like, it's like you're, you're, I don't know. I love having you in the ecosystem. I know, um, you, you know, like you've just, we were just taught, we talk almost like hourly, I feel, but you were saying last night, you were just like, or yesterday that you're like, no, you know, I haven't, I haven't done enough yet. I haven't proved myself. And I was just like, damn dude, like you've done so much for this space, bro. Like, especially for me early on clubhouse days, I really looked at you. I thought you were like, you know, Mondoir's age. I thought you were like a 50 year old Persian man. I was like, man, this guy's fucking wise. <laughs> you know, he like knows so much. He's like so insightful. And then I'm like, man, he's younger than me. He's like a kid. But like, I feel like you've had like a lifetime of legacy already. Yeah, I appreciate that. I mean, you know, we, we've been through some stuff, right? So we, we, we learn and we move forward. Justin, what's up? Nope, oh, rugged. Or am I rugged? Yeah, no, 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 no. I'm good. I'm good. I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. Okay, 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 okay. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I was but, like, hey, this, it's a bad look when I get rugged, I feel like. I'm trying to pull Betty up here, too. I'm, and I'm doing this for everyone in the room listening because we are all in a couple chats um, together. So we are kind of all, we are all sharing the same brain at this point. Um, but I'm sure Betty's busy because. She's oh, Betty's here. Naveen, oh. we should get Naveen for sure. Hey, Jim. I felt hey, hey Betty. Hey. Um, I felt I felt like this weekend. I mean, I thought it was a little disappointing. Like I just felt like the expectations for how it would roll out would be better. I felt like, um, you know, you have to adjust. I would have liked them to change it to one per wallet. I think that would have mitigated a lot of the issues that they ended up having on saturday uh so you know i look i've launched a ton of products and product launches are difficult and it takes you know i mean you've launched tons of products too bobby stuff happens stuff comes up you have to be able to adjust you have to have the right players in the room and you get experience the more and more you launch products and the process and what goes into it and yeah it was definitely a disappointing to me i didn't mint any um, I just can't bring myself to, to even if I know I'm going to come out on top, I just can't get myself to spend that much money in gas. Personally, it's just difficult for me, but I, I felt like, I felt like the art was really good. And there's so many, like I was looking at my land and I'm like, should I sell something? And I'm like, there's so many levels to this of like things on the land. I just couldn't even sort it all out. And I love that. There's so many different elements going on in the land. That was exciting. And look, the clone X launch, everyone was so upset about that and everyone moved on. Like the people have a pretty short memory in the space on launches, as long as people like the artwork and they, they seem to move on pretty quickly. Yeah. And we talk about that goldfish memory a lot in the space. And, um, I don't know what, what it is about people moving on so quickly. I mean, yes, the hopeful part of me is that, um, people can, are very willing and ready to put the past behind them, move forward and like concentrate on the future. I think there's also an element of, you know, there's a greed element of like, well, I'm actually taken care of. So, well, it sucks for everyone else, but I'm out of here. Um, I think, uh, I think there's a lot of distraction today more than anything. I mean, I'm just becoming more and more aware of how much I'm unaware of what I'm concentrating on or who I'm in the room with at any given time or what's important to me. 
I mean, there's just constantly something coming up. We're just getting used to the other side. And then Azuki's going to do something this week. And, you know, Betty dropped something, you know, uh, yesterday. And, you know, it's just there's like something constantly um, calling our attention. And so there really is just such like an abbreviated stunted uh, attention span we can offer anything um, of real meaning and worth right now. And like, I think that the attention economy has been at issue for the last 15 to 20 years, but now it's to the point where it's almost, it's a little disenchanting, I think, for a lot of the artists and creators I know. I mean, Betty, do you want to talk on that? I know it's hard to Um, work on stuff that people care about for a second. And then they're just like, all right, now I'm on to the next thing. I think that you kind of hit the nail on the head and took the words out of my mouth with the attention economy thing. I think that um, what we found ourselves in is this merging of um, social media and like bite-sized information that we can digest really, really quickly and, you know, spit out the other end and whatever we, whatever is not serving us, we move on to the next thing. Um, I think that the whole thing with social media, (coughs) excuse me, where, uh, we only really want to curate like what what's positive and what's good and what's worked and all of that stuff. I think we still lean into that with crypto and NFTs. So when something has gone well, like, you know, immediately after the launch, the the art and people getting coders and people lean into that more. And I think that is kind of like the narrative that takes everything over again. Um, I think there's a level of escapism that people use NFTs for. Um, so it's, it's a really interesting thing. I don't know. As far as building to that, <coughs> it's challenging. But at the same time, you can't give too much attention to it because, like, I mean, you know we've all spoken about this before. It just consumes you and then you end up just this, like, husk of a person that can't, you know, you could never work in response to that. It's so unhealthy and you'd end up, like, in hospital, I feel. Um, so you just kind of have to do what you want to do and ride through it, I guess. Yeah. This month, May is, and I don't know if this is a global thing. I don't know if it affects you where you are, Betty, but it's, um, well, number one, it's Asian Pacific Islander, uh, heritage month, Asian American Pacific Islander heritage month, which is great, but it's also mental health awareness month. And, uh, it's a topic that we can't talk enough about, um, I'm in a group chat with a bunch of like musician friends and they're not super duper into NFTs. Um, we were talking about some Yuga punk stuff one or ape stuff one day. And some of the guys were just like, man, it sounds like you just need to have a really strong stomach to do that. And I'd rather just not have the anxiety. And I was just like, you know, for me, you know, I've spent all my ETH on therapy. And so it's a net zero and it's true. Like I'm, I'm like, I don't know if this is actually like working out for me um, in terms of money, in terms of art and progression and culture. I love it in terms of am I making money? No, because I'm going crazy. And I know probably many others can empathize with that. And I would want to just touch on it real quick, just because it is Mental Health Awareness Month. Um, what everyone, if is if you're willing to speak on it and you're on the stage, how you are learning to just cope and adapt and, you know, be able to be a human and to be cognizant of the world around you while you're also participating in this stuff. 
I mean, I'm in a zillion different alpha chats and Twitter's constantly running and I have to remember to jump into Discord while also making my art. And then at the same time, I want to be there to service my community and make sure that they're taken care of and well heard. I mean, there's just like not a lot of time for meaningful connection, not just with our friends and family, but even just like within ourselves, like just to be present and to be aware of where we are at any given time. Like sometimes I have to like be, I like wake up and I'm like, or I'll just be out and I'll be like, where am I? Like, what am I doing right now? Like, why am I even doing this? You know, like, so how are you all dealing with that? Like, how are you taking care of yourselves? Are you like, what should we be doing in order to, to, to help that happen? And, I think it was Naval who had a really great tweet about this, that, you know, if you burn out, your project burns out. And we don't want that. Burnout is very real. In the midst of the Trump presidency, I remember I was going around to all, a lot of my activist friends and I was just like, yo, activist burnout is real. You're going to feel this thing. I know you're going hot and heavy now and everything seems urgent and it needs to be addressed by you. You have to save the world. You have to do everything at once. But you're not going to last. And it happened. And many of those you've seen it like that conversation dialogue has largely died off because of burnout. I don't want to see the same thing here. So without further ado, anyone else, please interrupt me. How do we address the burnout? How do we address the mental health aspect of all of this? I think is I think there's a, le a level of um, accessibility that we have um to nfts whether you're a creator or a consumer but especially founders where we're accessible at all times no matter what um and i think that you have to have boundaries so for me personally i just make sure that i spend um a certain amount of time completely unplugged i have to put my phone on airplane mode um or turn it off completely um and just do something that's like completely not nfts it's not anywhere near a computer I have to be outside um it sounds so cliche but like that's that's just kind of it like just be outside be a human in the world and touch grass <laughs> I actually have a um just to add on to what Betty was saying I, I have a policy that I call non-negotiables so non-negotiables are things where you know like inside of yourself if you don't have the opportunity to do those things then you start to just feel really kind of negative about what you're doing and, and it leads ultimately to burnout so for me an example of a non-negotiable is um doing legos with my kids um because it's a blast i love it they love it it's connection time um it's it's super fun and it, it forces presence outside of something you know like our space which can certainly be all-consuming so that's that's just one example another example would be like going for long walks or hikes with my wife you know that's another example where we have a policy where it's like no phone policy if we're going out for a walk and um we just get to like connect with each other and that's super duper important so everyone has their own set of non-negotiables based on what is exquisite to them and um that's you know, I know, Bobby, you've been an entrepreneur for decades and you've built so many things in your career. And, you know, for me, I'm going on, you know, 22 plus years as an entrepreneur. Like, that's the only way that I found to minimize burnout. I'm like, I can't do too many group chats. That's it. 
I tell I I left a bunch of group chats. I can't do it. It's too much. I stopped checking Discord. I remember I used to like have to check every notification and every Discord channel I was in, and I just like I couldn't do it anymore. So I stopped using Discord, which helped a lot. Um, I have to just like put blocks on things I won't spend time on. Like I don't know anything about Solana at all. I don't know anything about Solana. I don't know anything about Solana NFTs. I don't know what whales or bears or whatever's going on. I've just like decided I'm just um, gonna. <laughs> yo, I just... I'm sorry. That was so funny. Yo, You're not like... missing much. You're not missing much. Kidding, kidding. <laughs> yo, I just had to draw. Oh, my blockchain's blocked out. I love it. Huh? <laughs> oh damn. I just can't. Like I can't do everything. So I just like, no. I I'm no, not I gonna spend any time thinking about this whatsoever. So I'm just like mm-hmm. anything to do with Solana, not my thing. Even some NFT projects, I'm like, there's just too many. I can't put my energy into everything. I'll sell the one I have of some stuff just to be involved in less. And I mean, yeah, so that's I gotta build artificial walls for myself of things that I won't spend time or energy on because it's just I just feel like Bobby, whenever we talk on the phone at some point, there's always a like part where you or I say this is crazy and it's too much. And that's where I'm like, I know it's just too much stuff going on and you have to like figure out how do you move yourself away from doing so much. There is no way that Shay Carl is on the stage right now. Hell Hello. yeah, Shay's on the stage. Shay's <laughs> always on the stage in my oh life. My <laughs> that's so crazy. I used to watch your YouTube videos when I was like 20. <laughs> oh, wow. That's oh, crazy. Oh, Shay. That makes I really, me so nice. Yeah, I used to really love um, how you guys would always like sing with your kids. I have kids now and we do that all the time and it reminds me of those videos. So, hey. <laughs> What's up? Good to meet you. Um, yeah, I just wanted to tune in. I, I'm a big Bobby Hundreds fan and I've uh, been in the Adam Bomb squad for a while. My way to keep my mental health is to try to just focus on one p- project, which is Adam Bomb squad. Um, but I know I agree with what Justin was saying. Like I made the decision like, I just can't do Discord. Like, they're Telegram, Twitter, five kids, you know, everything else that's going on. I um, run a ski mountain in Idaho, and there's – we can't do everything. And I think that's something important to remember is that nobody can do everything because we feel that way. Like, it, the FOMO happens. It's like, oh, I got to keep track of this project, and it happens daily with NFTs. We all know that. It's like if you miss – 48 hours you're like wait what are they talking about what's this new thing that i have to know about that i'm gonna have to go research so yeah i think it's about setting you know those you know time limits where it's like you have to schedule your day there was a book um i i don't love the name of the book seven habits of highly effective people by stephen r covey and he tells this story about this guy was on a train and this dad and these kids get on this train and these kids are being rambunctious and they're yelling and they're jumping around. And this guy's reading his paper and he's looking at this dad like, what a horrible parent. Like, why doesn't he get his kids under control? They're jumping all over the place. They're yelling. They're bothering people. And finally, the guy's like, I got to say something because he's, you know, this dad is letting his kids like bother all these other passengers and so finally he looks over to the dad and he says hey you need to get control of your kids like they are really disrupting this train car and the dad kind of looks over and says oh my gosh i'm so sorry you're right i should um we're just coming from the hospital and their mom died and they don't know how to act and i 
just going through so much stuff and I don't know how to react to it. And he called it a paradigm shift where you're the way that you look at somebody totally switches because now you understand, understand something deeper about them. And I think that's also important to realize in this space is that everybody's going through something and we don't always share what that thing is that we're going through, whether it's, you know, the loss of a loved one or, the loss of uh, three ETH in a gas war, <laughs> whatever it is, everybody's suffering at some point. You know, we all have good days and we all have bad days. So to encourage us to all have paradigm shifts, it's always important to zoom out and just say, you know, it's going to be okay. I want to be in projects of people that are compassionate and that care about the long term, which Bobby has laid out here perfectly. And, um, I don't want to take up too much time because um, I appreciate everybody on the stage. So thank you for having me. Thanks for watching my videos, Betty. I appreciate it. Oh, that's okay. It's <laughs> crazy. Betty, the best I'm part so about well. being the best part about being friends with Shay is that I have a personalized YouTube show, uh, the Shay Carl YouTube show, where he sends me. And I, I don't. You probably are sending everyone the same videos, but just video snippets of. Your daily family life, and I feel Those like are live so mints, privileged. Those are live mints, just for you only, your eyes only. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, they just make my day, and I share them with my family and my kids. And my kids are just like, "Yo, this is bonkers!" Like we're like actually within Shay's family right now. I'm like, "Yeah, dude, he's fully like he's adopted me." Um, I think every, <laughs> the points that everyone's making are like they're so astute and dead on and you know i have this uh, remark about branding that the best branding is how many times you can say no i learned that very early on in the context of streetwear watching some of the brands that we admired in the space like supreme and bathing ape double taps neighborhood like uh priceless a life like the 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 especially the pioneers the ones that we're so disciplined, like so much of branding is really just about discipline and composure, fortitude, and being able to say no to opportunity time and time again, opportunities that are grand and opportunities that are also quite mundane. Because it's not just saying no to the money or just saying no to low hanging fruit or to just like very accessible opportunity. It's also saying no to people taking your time, energy, taking up mental space, taking your attention, saying no to that as well. Right. And so um, I, I have this like funny bio joke that I write. I say, I'm Bobby Hunters. I do a little bit of everything and a lot of nothing because that's a trap that I often find myself in where I'm saying yes to so many things that I find that I'm actually not committing or connecting to anything of real value. Right. And it's a trap I fall into because I'm a creative person. I'm very hungry in, temp in terms of um, the, the output. Right. I'm, there's so much that I want to get done. I was raised by immigrant parents and especially Koreans and like our work ethic. Everything was just about like time is running out. You have to work as hard as you can. You, you, know, you never know. Right. We're always in survival mode. And I'm sure many of you can agree whether or not you're a Korean immigrant or not. But we have this thing in our head of like it's not going to last. And, you know, I addressed this earlier just within the context of crypto. We're always under this impression that it's not going to last. Like we have to seize it now. We were saying this like a year ago and we're still here and we're still saying it. And I'm like, guys, like, let's take a breath and like, let's actually connect to the things that are in front of us. And that was such a remarkable part 
of the pandemic was this moment where I was sitting in front of my family eating dinner and it was quiet. And I was like, number one, I never used to do this. Number two, I was supposed to be in Indonesia that week speaking at a conference on my way to Bali for a surf trip. And I was like, but instead I'm like sitting here in front of my children. I'm just listening to them and like they're cracking me up. And I've spent so much of my life collecting people, right? Like collecting customers, collecting audience and like collecting opportunities and saying yes to as many different things, saying yes to so many different friendships, yet the people in front of me were all I needed, right? And I think many people understood this quite well over the pandemic that you had oceans of people sitting in front of you the entire time that would take you five lifetimes to understand and to really appreciate on a very deep level. But yet you're still out there still collecting people, right? Like we've been taught to do that because of the way that social media is gamified. When it's like we have everyone right in front of us. And Shay knows this very well. Like he's deeply connected to his family. And I don't think it just stops with family and friends. I think it goes into your work endeavors and, you know, your social life. And there's so many things happening now. It's like the world is roaring back every night especially here in LA, there's like three or four things I can get into and get into some trouble, you know? And then on Friday and Saturday nights, there's like 10 things. And I'm like overbooked, right? I'm like running from like dinner to dinner to dinner, especially during NFT conferences. And it's like the, all these things are stealing so much attention and time and you feel like you're being productive because you're doing something, but you're actually not like really doing anything. And so, you know, the brands that seem to be the sharpest and the most focused to me, right, they have the most clearest message are the ones that really own in on the things that they say yes to and just have to say no to so many other things. It's so hard. It's so hard. I don't know if any of you feel like that. I've, I have a really hard time saying no. And, you know, I have an idea for a book one day on just how to say no, because I'm a number one, I'm a people pleaser. And number two, like, I don't want to miss out. (laughs) And so like, I find myself like getting caught up, like having meetings with people. I'm like, this is just a waste of time. Like, I don't need to be doing this. I don't need to be saying yes to this project right now. Like I have a perfectly good project in front of me. Um, And like knowing where that balance is. But I think that's, going to continue to be a challenge does anyone else agree or feel the same way yeah i feel something you said is interesting is about defining who you are as a brand and in saying no to things and it feels like in web3 a lot of projects and brands are just saying yes to things that they feel like they need to say yes to because that's what a project is in web3 like they need to make a t-shirt and hoodie they have to do a roadmap they have to like say they're going to figure out their metaverse play. And that makes just a lot of this stuff bleed together. The projects that actually can figure out who they are as a brand and the direction they want to go in that's different are the ones that I think have ultimate success and are pushing against the grain and against the wave into a new direction. And it doesn't seem like there's a lot of people doing that. And... I do think it's wild that that is already happening where we've got um, just, you know, the one or two projects that are leading the space and we're so at the forefront of something. It's wild that that's already happened. Like that path has been paved. And so now people just follow that paved path. Like it feels really, um, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't do justice to the potential that's there and the the opportunity for innovation and to create something new. We've, I don't, I personally have never been 
in this situation before where we really are at the very front of something. And so, yeah, it feels like a detriment to that. Um, I have to hop off because I have to interview some people, but I wanted to say hello to Mech real quick because she's on the stage <laughs> and I didn't get to say hello. <laughs> hey. Yeah, I wanted to jump in too because, like, there's been so many things said and I'm, I'm really just trying to take it in. Um, and I think I'm in a different position than most of the folks on the stage because I haven't quite proven myself in the space, right? Like, I think theoretically, well, listen to what I'm saying, right? Like, theoretically, what I what I'm working on is insane, but most people don't see that, right? So it's like I I've lived a life, I think. So so maybe I have a little bit of a different perspective. Um, but I I I've missed many things. I've I've missed so many things, and I don't know that I would necessarily go back and change that. I mean, I always say if I had a time machine, only if I could re- remember what I know now, it wouldn't be worth it to just do it again, right? Like I'd have to be able to do it better, faster, you know, more efficiently, what have you. Um, but th- the idea that, you know, and, and Bobby spoke to some of this earlier, like we're, we're very early, right? Like we're, we're, we are at the beginning of whatever this is going to be. And I think a lot of people are moving with a sense of urgency that doesn't really, like, it's not quantifiable. It's the kind of thing where it's like, it feels very like hurry up and get to the thing, but nobody actually knows what it is. So we're, we're just like rushing through like that gas wars are FOMO, right? Like that's a, it's a product of people just wanting to quickly capitalize in the space. And I've been in this space since December, 2020, and I really haven't done anything like compared to what, what I'm actually working on. Like most of it's still undone. And it's not because, you know, I'm a perfectionist, but it's because I don't feel the rush. Like I, I intend to do my work for the rest of my life. And I don't know where, what protocol or, Web three, four, five. Like I don't know where that's gonna happen, but I'm comfortable enough with the idea that, and I've been saying this since Clubhouse. Like it's connection over collection, right? This idea that like I quickly had all these people following me and I didn't know what to do with them, and I didn't get the point. And and me being the only person that is the actual connection to every one of them makes me feel a sense of of obligation to do something with 30,000 people sitting around, right? So it's like, well, what the hell are you all connected to me for if, if it's not for me to, to show you something, to, to open your eye to the possibility of more than just, you know, the, t- the top layer, right? The surface of what, what we do here. And so, you know, I'm taking my time and I'm like not mad about it, but it's really interesting to see how, you know, the culture of the space shifts so far because people aren't really taking the time to think about what legacy looks like in the space. Like, what does it look like to say and do the things that you stand behind in 10 years and like be the kind of person that actually helped people do, do something, change their life, become more educated, like any of those things. Um, And so it's, it's super interesting to me to see how quickly, you know, people are, are moving in this space without consideration of like what they'll actually be able to impact it's sort of like, let me just be amongst the, the club. Let me buy into the thing that the cool people are buying or, you know, get seven of these so I can resell them and make this much money. But like, at what point do we think about, you know, the kids that are going to come into this space and, and maybe be able to make a life beyond like, you know, making money, but like innovating, changing the future, right? Like I'm 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 still impressed by... The, the kids who sued the government 
you know, and I think about like <laughs> what they get to do in this space and how it looks to be better examples of of how to have impact driven projects in the space, right? Like how to make a shit ton of money and pour it into something that actually helps people. Um, and so it's just, it's just, it's really wild to see people clamor over like the, you know, I don't want to say JPEGs, but like this sort of like two dimensional world that we create versus like the three dimensional one that we live in, you know, like everybody's buying up land to play this game. Meanwhile, like Flint, Michigan took eight years to get clean water and still doesn't really have it. And it's like, what we burned up a hundred million dollars for what, to do what, with who. And the real problems that exist in the world are kind of just like, oh, you know, <laughs> don't worry, the, the ozone's gonna fix itself. You know what I mean? Like, I just want people to have perspective about like, this is so temporary, this is so in the moment and what we actually get to do with this space is is much more long-term than that. And I just hope people like, maybe they do burn out and start to rethink what they do. And maybe they make enough money to where they don't need to keep making money and can sit down and figure out how to do something with it. But whatever we're doing right now is kind of trash. <laughs> yeah, I agree with you, Mac. Thanks. That was really, that was really poignant. Um, you guys, I didn't expect this space to run on that long. I definitely didn't anticipate speaking as much as I did. And we didn't even get to talk about the PO app. There is a PO app with today's bomb talk, like all of our bomb talks. It's a free NFT if this is your first time hearing that word, or maybe you don't even have an NFT yet and you think it's just for rich people and it's expensive, but this thing is free. And uh, Sandy, if you don't mind unmuting yourself very quickly, just to explain a little bit about how to claim the PO app. Let's see. Oh, yeah. There we go. Hi, everyone. I didn't get wrong this time. <laughs> I came back. Um, but yeah, if you guys do check out the pinned tweets that are pinned right above the Twitter spaces, there is a form that is on there. Um, essentially, what a POAP is, it is like a ticket stub or a concert stub to remind um, yourself of all the great you know, Twitter spaces that you've been in thus far. Uh, we do have one for every single bomb talk. There is a request code for every single one of them. So if you do fill out that form, the secret word that you're looking for is SQUAD. And make sure that it's in all caps. And we'll tweet out um, tomorrow a link for you to claim the POAP, but be sure to do that today. Love you, Sandy. Sandy. Don't go, actually. I need you. Well, I always need you because I want to be here without you. But, um, Sandy, because you're my mom, actually. I, you, you, Am I, actually? Yes, you are my mother, and I wouldn't be on this planet without you. Mm. Sandy's, like, <laughs> Sandy's the mother of the metaverse, really. But um, you know what? Whenever we do these bomb talks, I always feel guilty talking exclusively about or just even at length about – the hundreds or Adam bomb talk or what we're doing. And I know that sometimes frustrates our community because they're like, yo, like you have the stage, you should be pumping us and, and our project and what we're doing. Cause it's so awesome. And I'm like, I know, but I just like, I don't, I, I'm like a really bad salesperson. Um, so I'm going to actually take a moment and just like, while people are claiming their PO apps, I'm going to just take the, a, a pause and like, let's talk about what we're doing right now with ABS because we'll, we'll, and with the hundreds, there's one thing that's coming up on Thursday. We're throwing a Cinco de Mayo party here in LA. I know that only pertains to people in Los Angeles, but if you're going to be in town, we're throwing this party, right? 
Yep. And I expect every single Adam Bomb Squad person to be there because you do get an open bar for the first two hours. All 8,500 people in uh, Adam Bomb Squad holders in the world are going to be flying in. Shay, I know you're coming, right? I'll be there. I'll be there. You know I'll be there. You're coming with the entire YouTube mafia. I'm like actually a little bit worried. YouTube daddies are coming to LA. We're 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 ready. Okay. <laughs> Not the YouTube daddies. The YouTube daddies <laughs> sounds like a swing band uh, from 2002. I'm not good at marketing, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> the YouTube daddies are coming, so they'll be performing at um, our. It's gonna be party. a zoot suit riot. Yes, <laughs> the cherry popping YouTube daddies. Um, yeah. Oh, that sounds worse. <laughs> that sounds awful. <laughs> and so bad. <laughs> but the music will be so good. Um, but uh, if you have a, a a bomb, you get free bar or free open bar. But also, you get a chance to hang out with Shay, which is going to be sick. Um, what else should we t- mention? I mean, I'll do some. I can do some atom bomb hype. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm here for it. Look, if you don't have an atom bomb, let me tell you something. Yes. Name yes. name a brand from quote unquote web two that has bridged to web three more authentically authentically, more interestingly, and has done more stuff than Adam Bomb Squad and Bobby Hundreds and come on, think about it in the hundreds. Like <laughs> nobody has done that. The way look the way that he has found you guys have all found a place in web three that's authentic. The collabs been incredible i mean we'll just throw out the the dead fellas one like when i look at nft projects i think about the leaders of the project and how they're moving in a distinctly different way than anyone else and that's that's adam bomb squad that's the hundreds and you i am continually impressed with with bobby's point of view and thinking the community is always I love how I love the approach to it being about the art and the history, which is so distinctive than any other project. And I am, I mean, I'm really excited about what Bobby's doing in the future. Maybe I know a tiny little bit of Alpha these might have mentioned to me that I won't say, but I just think- NFT ethics. <laughs> Watch out for this guy. I, I'm just saying, like, I I'm very impressed and everyone in this community should be really impressed on how, how you guys move in a, in a direction that's different than everyone else. And I, I, I think you should be really hyped to, to pump yourself up and what you're doing. Oh God, I'm crying. See, are you happy? Bobby. Well, you know, someone else maybe needs to pump you up a little bit. Bobby, so. that, That's actually why I requested, first of all, this entire stage, Justin Mech, Naveen, Shay, Bobby, like just absolute legends. Every time I hear you guys speak, I get smarter. But Bobby, I actually came to tell you because I know you don't answer your texts as fast because you're so much busier than all of us. But I actually am at I'm listening to the episode of you on NFT now. And just even the first 20 minutes, I'm like, why didn't I listen to this before? I would have been so much smarter, so much more successful if I would have just listened to Bobby's, just his episodes, just where you're a guest on another podcast. Like, my God, you have, you're such a wealth of knowledge. But uh, yeah, I came up here to publicly ask you if I can 
also interview you later and and everyone on this stage i mean you guys are brilliant so just yeah all around great stage well thank you to justin and nicole jesus you both are the glue of the space i mean nicole's really the voice of web3 and um and i don't know you guys are you've both done so much i don't i'm like speechless that's really kind thank you um also if uh if you if you if you really really believe that that you know i'm smart and and i'm i'm helpful can you tell all my friends who i led into really bad rug projects and you know they were drained <laughs> they're drained of their wealth and are angry at me for it like just no no me. bobby yes yes i'm I'm here. I'm here to tell those people that Bobby's just giving you life lessons. That's alpha. Life is going to rug you hard and he's just making you stronger. Do you know what I mean? It's like, he's oh, just yes. preparing yeah. you for the turbulence of life. By the way, shout out to Farouk. I mean, just look at this. Even your listeners are, are legends. <laughs> I'm <laughs> all here. I'm here look for the freaking space. <laughs> Yo, I mean, I was going to say, Bobby, when you're talking about like, things for your mental health i i didn't mention it but like not giving my friends nft advice is very high on the list of things that have <laughs> yeah <laughs> i've gone completely dark on that subject when friends ask me that they're like hey you never tell us which nfts i'm like no because i am wrong 99.9 percent .9 of the time i'm like buying solely off of art and vibes i'm like no, this is, I believe in this person. Like, I really believe in the art. And then, like, you know. And then the floor is point one from, like, three. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, and my, like... <laughs> my example is, I've told this story before, but I got all my comic books out of my um, attic, and I brought them all down, and it was all my comic books from when I was a kid. And they all had the prices on them, what I paid for them still. And I was flipping through my comics and I remember thinking like, oh, I this comic's going to be worth so much money one day. You know, oh, it's limited. Oh, this is a new writer. And I'm going through and everything's like I'm checking how much they are on the on the website. And it was like I bought it for 10 bucks. It's like seven dollars now. You know, it's like over. <laughs> I'm going th I'm going through hundreds. I'm like, oh, X-Men, you know, one from 1994 or whatever it was when they released oh this is gonna be worth so much money it was like three dollars you know and justin we're yeah. so we're still early though yeah, so so early. my point was is like man what are the one and then there's a couple where i was like i remember buying this it was such a good experience and i don't really care that it's two dollars and those are the ones i was like happy i still had and so like now when i look at nfts anything i'm look. i'm thinking of like when I go through like my OpenSea account in like three years, what are the things that I'm like, I'm actually happy I hold this and still own it. And I loved that journey I went on and how much of it was like, oh, I thought this was going to be a quick flip because they promised a video game or whatever. And now I'm just like, I don't touch any of that stuff at all. I'm thinking about my comic book box in five years and not so much about the three months ahead of me anymore. Yeah, I mean... I don't blame you. I think we're all learning. It was just, we. It, it, I was joking about us being early with the comics. Nineteen ninety four was actually we've had some time, but um, but in this space, I, I we are just so early. It's so hard to tell what anything is. 
what's happening with anything is speculation is rooted in like absolute nothingness. Even with us, and you're really kind, you're saying, you know, we've made a lot of waves in Web2 and we've built a clothing brand over the years. And it's very, it's fair, it's true. But in the context of Web3, I mean, this is an entirely different ball game, you know? And I love to say that we have a lot of experience and, um, you know, we've built a business and we know how to run a brand, but there are elements and attributes of this game that are like, everyone's an absolute novice. I really do think not, not a single project or not a single founder has proven themselves. And I know there are some very substantial blue chip projects and I know some people have made significant money in terms of trading some of these projects, but I still don't believe that they've proven themselves. I don't believe the collectors have proven themselves. Like it's just way too early to claim that because even in the context of a fortnight, you can disappear, you know, you can make moves that, you know, over the course of a week or just one wrong decision. And it could, you know, in completely implode your project or your integrity in the space Right. We're seeing that constantly happen. And what looks like success today actually might in the long run be a disservice to the overall health of the project and the brand. Right. And so it always it's really hard, you know, when you get myopic and you're only considering what's in front of you only within the first few months of like, oh, they made all these decisions and they got let's just say right now there's like a, a more and more discussion around VCs. Right. And I'm friends with a lot of founders and. You know, there's some discouragement right now. People are, a lot of founders are thinking like, you know, I'm, I'm almost feeling forced to get investment, a fund to come in, VCs to come in and juice my project with money, you know, in order for me to be able to compete with some of these better blue chip projects out there. And you see this, this is timeless, right? This happens in every single business and industry, it happened even within street, where it happens in fashion, any new industry that comes along, right? There are these VCs and investors, they come in and like Jack, you know, Jack Twitter, Jack was so prescient, right? Like I didn't even fully grasp or appreciate what he was saying at the time, but he was just like, be wary of this, you know, because what's going to happen is there's going to be a lot of investors, people coming in and they're making bets as well. And they're going to start investing in 10 projects, 20 projects at a time, you know, banking on one of them hitting. And what happens to those other nine or, you know, 19 that don't hit, right? And, like, we've seen this so many times in other industries. And at the moment, all these projects, they surge ahead and everyone is riding high and they're popping bottles. And then two to three years later, you know, and, in the, and it, it falls apart. I think it's going to happen even quicker because everything happens quicker in this space. But, you know, people are going to make a lot of immediate, quick, hasty decisions because it's going to be an immediate solution or it'll feel good in the moment because it'll make everyone feel satiated in the temporary, okay, we got it, we got the money and we're ahead, we're doing what we, we said we were going to do, we're feeling good about it. But, you know, it doesn't cut, there's another side to that. We're going to keep going back to the other side analogy, god damn it. Um, but there's the <laughs> other side of this. There's the other side. Oh, oh, by the way, this entire podcast today was presented by Yuga Labs. Uh, please check out the <laughs> other side project now on OpenSea. <laughs> yeah, but I think like, I think phase one of this has been like 10K NFT projects being set up. And I think the next phase is the projects that last are going to move into a lot of different directions. Sure, maybe some move into the early stages of a metaverse. Some go into digital fashion a lot more like 
uh, Clonex is going. Uh, maybe some go into digital identity more, which I was, I wonder, I wish Betty would have stayed a bit because I think that's a really interesting space to go into. They're doing a whole, she's just announced that they're launching a whole uh, digital I- identity test for all um, owners, which is really cool. And then maybe one really does push into gaming and one pushes in another direction. And so I think the entry point was really these projects and then where they go from there is really left up to the projects and the owners and that the NFT is really just your ticket into wherever that brand or business goes. And so like, I don't think we see 10 K projects launched two years, three years from now anymore. Yeah. To that end, um, my point of view is like, call me old school, call me an old man, but, um, it takes time to create real value. Like I, I, whenever I participate in a drop, I basically imagine that I'm paying for future value. You know, like that's just how I viewed the situation, you know? So, and, and my sincere hope is that the creators and the founders, the entrepreneurs behind the project are really willing to stick with it because as most founders know, most startup death is, uh, is suicide, not homicide. And, uh, you know, it's, it really comes down to, you know, founders and entrepreneurs like sticking with the thing that they wanted to create over the long haul, because it, it does just take a lot of work and effort and time to create value. I mean, the one thing you can't hack is earning trust. Like it just takes time to earn trust. You can't hack that. So, you know, projects is th- that's three, month, three months old or six months old or nine months old that has a whatever it is, 20, 30, 50, 100 ETH, whatever crazy value it is for. It's like, is it actually worth that today? If I really presence myself and look back at it and sit there and like think about it, I'd say no. But if I think about the future and what I hope they'll do down the road, then maybe it could be. And I just pray and hope that they stick with it long enough and they can execute well enough to deliver on that outcome. So that's just how I think about it. It's a big ask. That's a really, you know, that's a big price to pay for you to be speculative, though. And that's completely free. Completely. It's crazy. It's it's arguably irrational. Can I can I give you as I haven't mentioned this and what you said brought up for me. One of my biggest annoyances, pet peeves is if I tweet anything about something being an issue, 10 people respond about how their pro- I need to look at their project because their project is like the best example of like it not being this case. Is anyone like, I'll be like, yeah, there's, I've there's the always day, that like, one I've, exception. Yeah. Yeah. I'd be like, oh, apparel. I was like, I don't think any projects really nailed apparel. And I do believe this. Like I put hundreds out of it because you guys are actually a brand, but like, all the apparel to me has looked like esports or whatever. I thought the world of women apparel was terrible, personally. I feel like for a project that's women first, you know, a women owned project, just doing some t shirts and beanies with the logo on it, I felt like was a little too easy. Well, Justin, just, you haven't seen my project yet. <laughs> I haven't, no. No, no, no. That's, but that's, whole, that's, the, that's the response, though, right? It, yeah, so I get 50 <laughs> responses like, no, like, uh, the French Bulldog NFTs actually has nailed it. And I'm like, no, you haven't. Like, right. oh, my God. Yeah. Like, I, I, no, no one's nailed it. And I think, no, I don't the, think so. The, the truth of it is, I don't think there's a such thing, right? Because you have to think about the number of people 
who are going to, you know, buy into something and all want to be satisfied and the taste levels that go across that. Right. Like as somebody who, you know, I don't know if I want to call myself like a, you know, sneakerhead. I'm not what I would consider a sneakerhead. I like sneakers. Right. I'm into fashion. You're fancy. There's... Stop it. You're totally no, fancy. But this is... <laughs> I think about it this way, right? Because, like, there are a lot of people who are like, oh, they know what year this shoe came out and the history. And, like, I'm not that person. I, I buy what I like and what feels good. But, like, I I care about that thing. And so when I look at the projects and I look at the, you know, quote-unquote merch, I'm just like, mm-mm, that's not what I'm trying to do, right? Like, if I have this space and the potential of it and I can dream dreams, why would I stop at, you know, something on the simpler side. It's just like, I I lived my whole life on the simple side. Like I get to complicate things and I get to like make, you know, something with like luxury materials and like really spend time and think about how I get to wear this before somebody else, right? Like what do I want? And what's gonna be, you know, innovative? What's gonna be fun? How do I, how do I make clothing that is tethered to the blockchain? How do I, you know what I mean? Like I, I get to play. But I think, again, people are in that rush and they're just like, oh, we're going to do what everybody else did and bang out some merch. And I'm, you know, I'm like, whatever, you know, whatever you like, if you like it, I love it. But the reality of it for me is like, that's easy. That's that's been done. We've seen that. Like, yeah. I'll try to do something different. I mean, I hate to I mean, I love World of Women of a, as a project. I just felt like you had a huge opportunity to do something really different with apparel, apparel for women. I just felt like the beanie not, the t-shirt was just like it's not uh, just though that's everybody right like I legit haven't seen any of the projects that I would expect to you know show yeah that's fair do anything yeah. different it's like okay cool you know you you I was pretty unimpressed by the uh invisible friends hat yeah like, it's just like that project was, I was pretty bad I that mean, was not gonna lie. That's pretty fucking bad. The inv- I have it. I have my <laughs> invisible friends shitty little blue cap. But think that is like awful. That whole project was so very fashion friendly, right? Like every character had a different outfit. I just thought that they would maybe take it a little bit further. Well, but yeah, the board ape stuff terrible too. And like, there's no good like Bobby will tell you this too. There's no good narrative storytelling. Like. You need to have an insight on apparel. Like, as a good example on the Bored Ape stuff, all they ever do is post dudes' backs wearing the sweaters all over their Twitter, right? They're always somewhere. I was telling Tropa when I met him, like, I'm so sick of seeing dude butts on the Bored Ape Twitter. (laughs) Like, this is, like, all I ever see. (laughs) But I was like, if your insight is all your people do is wear the apparel and post from the back, that is your opportunity to create apparel knowing most people are going to take photos from the back so why not do a bored ape wish you were here collection or something and that says wish you were here or something like that that at least plays into a consumer insight of project owners and and they're not thinking like that which is what people that know apparel and brand storytelling would do a lot more trish you have your hand up sorry yeah i totally agree with you do not come at me for saying this because I do not wish this. I'm just saying like watching um, like this week, yesterday was really, really a hard day. I was spending a lot of time in discords for projects that didn't do so hot because of the gas wars. And that's not me like, Oh, a lot of my friends have apes, but after sort of listening to some Kevin Rose interviews, like I really get the moonbirds and what they're kind of building 
and the benefit. And I'm thinking like, even though the apes are so big, they, I, I have a feeling they're not going to, it's not going to be like that long, long term thing. Do you know if it's sweatshirts and pizza parties um, and land in the metaverse, but I don't know. And I don't wish it, but there are like lots of really, really killer projects. I think my like mental health is totally with that. There's a lot of really great projects out there with great communities doing all kinds of great work. Many of them fell below mint just because they dropped so long ago. So like I was in a room with um, Godman of Heaven Computer and Impermanent Digital and Neon Cat was in there, like Logic. Um, Godman's project was like kind of historic and a great story and a great community, you know, and they're doing things, but they just don't have, right? Like the visibility and our attention in the community is so divided that I'm just really really curious like how it's going to turn out i kind of sometimes think like all the artists are going to flee to tezos and solana because more affordable and it will be a lot of like projects that have like really good utility but the art here i i worry about like i'm just i'm just kind of worried about it but i'm sort of stuck in this middle place where i sort of know too much about what's going on you know with some it so it's it's just a bummer it's a bummer. I had a bummer day. So some days I'm super hopeful T- today. I'm kind of medium yesterday. I was icky. I'm sorry to hear that Trish. And, um, definitely hear you. I feel like many, uh, empathize with that. Um, I also wanted to invite Willie to say a quick word before we close out this talk. I've never gone this long on a bomb talk, which is, uh, which is great, you know, like really, really awesome that this happened today. But what's up, Willie? Yo, I actually popped in when you were talking about uh, the, all the Web two companies and and kind of going back historically, uh, and then I think I think Justin jumped in and said exactly what I was going to say. So I was just up here listening to uh, all these other smart people chatting, and uh, yeah, I was just going to bring in the Wayne's World analogy, right? Like Wayne's World was a great show, and then they let the VC money come in and absolutely ruined it. And I feel like we could all learn learn something from uh, that great Oscar winning documentary um from the 90s so that was my my <laughs> also i gotta say mech is incredibly stylish and if we don't see uh yuga sweatpants with the other side across the ass it's a huge miss uh and that's all that that's all i popped in to say thanks for letting me just face and that's all willie is doing we had <laughs> willie as we had willie as a guest um last week right it was last week or a couple weeks ago but um willie's and working it. on one of the more most if i would say actually yeah i can say one of the most interesting nft projects and collections um i think i've ever seen or heard of um with happy goat and uh so please follow him and and just look at what he's doing it's all also just a breath of fresh air to follow willie and also uh rhetoric um and they just bring a completely different vantage point on the space they're addressing the needs that others aren't and tackling issues that aren't being spoken about enough in web three. And so it's a completely unique project. It's really fun. And I love it because it's opening up just another branch of where this tree can sprout off into. Yeah. I I mean, honestly, we're just selfish and we just want to create a dope space where we can hang with friends. (laughs) Yeah. all the hype though bobby always, always well that's like exactly what this room was today i you know it's my first time not having guests and then it ended up just being all my friends and i think that's why the conversation was so fun um 
you know, I, I, I think before, actually, Sandy, are you still on stage? Are you still here? Yes. Yeah, I'm here. Do you want to remind people one last time of how to claim their PO app before I start wrapping it up? Of course. Yeah, for sure. Now go ahead. Since we were just talking about Will's uh, bomb talk uh, episode, if you guys haven't already claimed that PO app from last week, uh, please do claim. So I just pinned it up top. Um, and for everyone that filled out the form, just go ahead and tap on that link with the PO app delivery and you'll be able to claim your PO app from last week. Um, but for this week's podcast, if you do want to swipe to the second pin tweet, there is a form attached on there. And the secret code that you're looking for is squad, like Adam bomb squad. So make sure you include that all caps and we'll go ahead and get you your PO app this week. You're the best, Sandy. I mean, what and else? You're is the going best. On? You're the best. Um, we have an announcement soon with Adam Bomb Squad pertaining to our logo. It was never actually intended to be a permanent logo. The bomb itself, the character, I illustrated it almost two decades ago, 15 years ago, let's say, if not more. And um, most people don't know this because they may have forgotten, but we actually asked the community to decide his name. Adam Bomb. And there was no social media at the time. And so this was on a blog entry. I finished drawing him at two in the morning. I posted a blog. Also, there I don't think even WordPress was really uh, working. So I had to like string up my own HTML Dreamweaver, Dreamweaver 3, I think, posted a page. I said, hey, I just Magic. finished drawing. Yes. Magic. I, yes. I just finished drawing this mascot. And I want my community, the community should decide what his name is going to be. And, and everyone emailed in because there's no other way to contact us. And they came up with his name, Adam Bomb. And so we want the same thing in terms of what the logo is going to be for the project. We're going to announce that soon. So if you are a designer and you, you own a bomb, you need to be actually within the community. It needs to come from the community. Um, we're going to tell you how to do that soon. Um, I want to finish off by just circling back around to, I think, just the overarching message, the, the moral that I wanted to get across today, the thing that was weighing most on my heart over the weekend, and actually just over the last couple of weeks, especially the last few months being in this space, and just being mindful of the moves that we're making, the work that we're doing, the time that we're spending, and the attention that we're giving to nfts and to different things that are going on in space and to your text messages to twitter to discord you know um there's a really good book called atomic habits that i plugged recently by james clear and most people in the room probably have already heard of it if you haven't read it but we were talking earlier about just all the the distraction and and what i was saying about brand good great branding is how often you can say no Right. And he had a point that really struck me about how we say yes to a lot of little things in our life when we don't know where it is that we're going and you are directionless, you uh, have lost your path or you are just kind of entering the fog. Right. Like you're venturing into the unknown and we're I can't fault anyone in this space for feeling that way. I mean, I certainly do. I have no idea where this entire space is going to go or what's going to happen. And so it's hard to plan for that. And so out of anxiety, out of fear, you know, we're saying yes to all the other little distractions in our life because we're like, I think this is what we should be doing right now, but we don't really know. And so I think it's more important than ever to just be tapped in to what exactly it is that's important for you in your life at this point in time today, right now in this minute, 
you know, what you want, like what brings you happiness and joy, like what you consider a success. You know, what are the specific goals you're trying to achieve with Adam Bomb Squad? It's education. We're here to onboard as many people to crypto and NFTs as possible. We're here to onboard as many pro NFT, like NFT collectors into the Bomb Squad to show them a different way of collecting. It's not what you collect. It's also how you collect. It's why you collect. And that's something that we are really trying to instill within our culture here. We're just trying to offer a completely different vantage point on what NFTs can be and what a project can be in this space outside of just really high floors or just quick flipping and making money. Again, nothing wrong with money. I'm all for making money, but also what else can we do to be additive to be to people's lives? And so tapping into and being conscious of who you are, what's important to you, trying not to be informed entirely by other people's decisions, not crowdsourcing your validation or crowdsourcing your desires or your visions or your goals in your life. You know, it's it's really a war that we're enduring every day. It's getting harder and harder because there is so much noise and there is so much fear. So we're just glomming on to what other people think is best for us all the time. The news, what we should be listening to in the media, the science that we should be absorbing, you know, whatever side of the line that you're on. You know, what people are saying is the right way to build an NFT project today. You know, what's right and wrong or how it is that you're supposed to collect like all of those things, you know, you listen to, but like you, you can hear, but like, which ones are you going to listen to? And I, I think it's really imperative right now that we're being mindful of like, what's important for us and what do we want to get out of this? And for some of you, you may even come out of that going like, actually, this isn't serving me or it's not nourishing me, you know, just NFTs in general, Web3, it's like not nourishing me in a way that I find being very fruitful at this point in time. And like, that's also totally fair. Like, but let's just take a pit stop and just do a check, you know, an engine check and see like how we're feeling about everything. There's another book that I want to recommend that my I was calling. There's another book also that I, I'd recommend that might be helpful. It's actually called On the Shortness of Life. It's by Seneca. It's a 2000 year old book. It's written in the style that it almost feels like it's someone speaking to you today it's Seneca um, writing about how we just get caught up in our lives, pursuing opportunities, career growth, job opportunities, trying to make money, trying to uh, elevate in our social standing, right? Like all the same rat race that we are all weathering in 2022 was also something that was plaguing mankind 2000 years ago. And he writes about it in a very clear and concise manner to where, you know, he gives you very thoughtful feedback on how to actually do things that bring real value and bring real weight and positive energy to your life, you know, just spending time with family and considering the people in front of you. So read that. Um, the last thing I'm going to say is probably totally unexpected. There's a, there's a, if you have HBO Max, sit down and watch this series by Brene Brown. It's called Atlas of the Heart. Um, it's a little corny. It's a little cheesy. I love Brene Brown, but you just, I'm just talking about the way that it, the entertainment's furnished, like the song and like the title, it's like kind of, kind of big corn, but, um, some of the lessons she, she basically breaks down language emotions, like how we assign definitions to different emotions and understanding those will help us help you to better understand like how you're feeling about things. And so I know like, um, you know, I can get like pretty deeply 
philosophical and emotional about a lot of stuff, but I think it's also needed. You know, we talk enough about the technicalities and the, and the profiteering and, you know, the art in this space, but um, I, I would, I, I would be remiss to neglect uh, the human side, which at the end of the day, I just want us here for a long time. I want us here to have a good time and I want us to all be healthy and emotionally fit in order to do it because I genuinely love you all. Like I love the community. I love Adam Bomb Squad. I love all my friends that joined me up on stage today. Um, being a part of this entire ecosystem has brought so much light and fulfillment in my life. It's been so stressful. It's definitely been the hardest thing I've ever done. And I have two sons. And so I'm telling you the truth. Um, but uh, it's been incredibly difficult. But I will say that I wouldn't trade it in for the world because the people who've come in, you know, we are pioneers. We seed the world in a way that I don't think most people can quite understand yet. I think there's something really remarkable and special about that that I think will be revealed in years to come, you know, and we'll say, oh, that was what was bringing us all together. You know, I really believe even though many of us act in selfish ways in the space and can it can be debilitating and corrosive to the, how the overall uh, energy works here. I also believe that most of us are here for the betterment and because we see a brighter future. And so uh, in order for us to get there, we need to stick around, you know. And so, like, let's also offer a really human and enlightening and fun side of all this stuff. And so in order to do that, like, we just need to be aware and present and uh, attentive to how we're feeling at any given moment. Okay, that's enough out of me. We'll be back with another bomb talk very soon. Thank you again to all my surprise guests. And uh, follow Adam Bomb Squad. Grab a bomb if you haven't already. That's my sales pitch. And I think that's about it. Thanks, everyone. Oh, my God, Bobby. Thank you. Don't know you, what I was about. you don't know what I was about to do. First of all, that was such an amazing speech. Second of all, I was trying to get really creative and I pulled out my laptop, but I didn't do it in time because you kept going and going. But it was such a good speech. But I was going to play the Oscars closing mu music, you know, like when people <laughs> ramble on and on at the Oscars, but they really have important words to say. So I was going to play that while you were talking to get you to stop. It's better than you walking up on stage and slapping me, though. So I would never do. Yes. I would I'd never rather, do that. That's I'd obviously unacceptable. See, I'd rather see the slap, to be honest. <laughs> Actually, I would too. I would too. For best NFT, it is Bobby Hundreds. Oh my God, you love me. You really love me. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, this is sick. I wow. Someone needs my assistant needs to just follow me around in life and play this whenever I speak for more than 45 Bobby, seconds. Bobby, I applied to be your assistant. Your team has not gotten back to me. Yeah, that's probably my assistant not replying to your emails applying to be an assistant. I mean, that's just called job. <laughs> She's just protecting yourself, Nancy. You're out there and we love you. All right, that's it. That's all we got. I mean, two hours, a two hour bomb talk.
if you miss any of it, you'll be it'll I'll upload it at some point later in the week, and so you can download it or stream it wherever you listen to your podcasts. Have a great night, you all. Play me out, Piano Cat.